It is good to be in church this morning, isn't it? It's good to be in church. There's no other place I'd rather be, I gotta tell you that, is gathering together with y'all, singing songs, worshiping God, looking at God's word. I just tell you, the church matters, doesn't it? The church matters. There's a, there's a, we're living in a world that has a lot of turmoil in it, as we all know, um, but we, we, the church matters because we have something that we can tie our souls to the rock of Jesus Christ that gets us through any kind of storm or turbulence that we have that comes in our way, amen? Amen, amen. Listen, church, I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. I want to welcome everybody who's here in person. I also want to welcome everybody who's watching online. We're so glad you took the time to tune in. Whether you're watching us here live in the moment or if you're tuning in at a later date, we just want to say welcome. We're glad that you're here with us, uh, tuning in to our service this morning. Uh, if this is your first time here, we'd love to get to know you a little bit. First step to get connected is a COVID-safe, contact-free. You can actually text in the word guest to our office number and just get a little info from you and kind of help take the next steps on getting plugged in around here. And if this is your church, if this is your home church, then at the same time, we're also going to receive tithes and offerings. And, and um, you can do that electronically, texting in. You can also do it if you're here in the building. There's drop boxes throughout the building. But let's pray over that. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all that you've given us. God, we thank you as, God, as we uh, return the tithes to the house of the Lord. God, we ask that, that those dollars would be used to make your name famous, to help people connect with you, help the lost people get connected back to you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, I got to say, we're in a little bit of a crazy time in our country, are we? It's, it's a little bit wild. Here's what I know. I said this last week. Hey, half the country's going to be really happy at some point soon, and the other half's going to be a little bit disappointed. And so I can tell you right now, in our own building, in our own congregation, either in person or online, because the election is in the middle of a little bit of turmoil, half the country is thrilled and half of them are not. Listen, I, I've got to let you know, I want to remind you, because we talked about this before, that we don't serve this kingdom, we serve the kingdom of God. And regardless of where you fall in the spectrum of political affiliation, listen, we got to let it know that our, our identity is, is in who God says that we are, our confidence is who God says that we are, not what we see with our natural eyes here on earth, ar around us and among us. Can I get an amen? Right? Amen. It's like, church, this is the time for our light to shine the brightest. And then the world around us is kind of dark and, and there's some doom and gloom and people saying things that may or may not be real. Um, I'm not gonna jump into the fray of that this morning, but I do wanna say this, that as believers, we should be light in darkness. We should be salt into this earth. We should be, as believers, somebody who is now spreading the light and the love of Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. And this world needs it now more than ever. Right? It needs it now more than ever. Well, before I get into my message today, I just want you to know that you all know this, but I only tell bad jokes on holidays. And as we all know, today is National Bison Day. Bison Day. Did you know that today is National Bison Day? I, I know. And there's a difference between bison and buffalo. I guess buffaloes, I don't know, different parts of the world. They're slightly related, but, but we like to think of them as the same, don't we? So what did the buffalo say to his son when he dropped him off at school? Bison, I know, bison, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Why does the bison work out by himself? Because he wants to get buff alone. <laughs> and what do you call it when a bison borrows money from you? It's the same punchline. You call it a, a buff alone. Get it, different, okay. That's like, that's like layers of dad joke on dad joke. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> 
Guys, we're, we're talking about this idea of staying positive in this world that we're living in right now. We're in week number three of talking about this idea of, of staying positive. And today I want to talk to you um, about how do you keep yourself positive and how do you keep your own confidence up in a time where maybe your confidence is just a little bit shaken, when your confidence may be just a little bit shaken. You know, one of the most difficult things to be positive about sometimes is yourself. Now, there are the narcissistic people in the world who have no problem thinking nothing but positive things about themselves. But for most of us, there's times where we think negative things about ourselves. You know, and it doesn't take much to trigger some insecurities, does it? It just takes that look, takes that comment. It just takes that one thing. Do you ever replay your most embarrassing moment like over and over and over again in your head? I had one a while back, and I, I won't tell you because I'm too embarrassed, but I, I, I even today, when I think of this person, it was like 12 years ago, I made this really dumb comment offhanded. They probably didn't even pick up on it, but every time I think of this person, it reminds me, it triggers me of that time when I made that really dumb comment. Do you ever have that in your mind where you're like, oh, there's that one person, but I'm like, man, they're really great, but golly, I kind of said something really dumb last time I was hanging out with them or last time I saw them, and then you get a little bit insecure, don't you? You look at, oh man, I'm not sure. I get a little insecure. It doesn't take much sometimes. A funny look, an awkward moment, a weird comment. The nice thing about social media is you can go back and delete those, although they're there forever, but you know what I mean. You can get rid of them. You know, sometimes we can get triggered by, by, by an insecurity in our life. Like, like maybe we're just not good enough for what we're dealing with. Like, like I can, you know, if, if I just had hair, maybe I would do a little bit better in some areas of life. Maybe you guys have noticed this, maybe you haven't, but, but I have one big ear and I have one small ear. It's a problem for wearing a mask, I'll be honest. Like this whole mask thing, I start talking and then the ping, it just pops right off because I got a, a deformed ear. We have these headsets in the back and we have two of them. We have one that hooks this way and one that hooks this way. I can only wear the one that hooks this way, you know, and, and for, the, for the microphone, right? And so it, it's, it, I have this, this, this issue. I'm actually deaf in my small ear. So if you ever walk up on me on this side and you start talking and I don't talk back, it's not that I'm ignoring you. It's literally, I just didn't know you were talking to me. You got to like tap the shoulder or something. Of course, COVID six feet, right? It complicates things. It complicates things. But we can look at ourselves in the mirror and we can pick on ourselves for certain physical characteristics that we have and to say, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good looking enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough. Honestly, as a parent, we can replay the failures that we've had as a parent. Although we've been 99% successful, there is that 1% of times when you've done something that you know as a parent, golly, that maybe that wasn't the best move as a parent. And you can start to beat yourself up a little bit over it. As a husband, I can beat myself up over times when I, as a husband, have failed in my role as a husband. I have not maybe done the right thing, or maybe I didn't buy flowers for anniversary. It's happened. I, you know, it's like there's times and moments where I've done something as a husband where, golly, I wasn't doing my best that day. Or maybe as a spiritual leader of your own house. How about a church? No pressure there, right? Golly, Matt, your spiritual life must be like an 11 out of 10 all the time. Sure, yeah, totally. 
But here's what happens is that we can find little things in our life and we can start to beat ourselves up over the the small deficiencies that we see in our life. And our confidence can get shaken because we start to see the flaws in our life and start to beat ourselves up over it. And guys, this is a a problem because you start to tell yourself, well, I, I just can't do it. Oh, you always blow it. Do you ever have that voice? You can't do that. You always blow it. You'll never make it. You shouldn't even try. Here's what I find. In an effort to find confidence, there's kind of three main categories that people will fall into. And maybe you fall into one of these. One of them is this, is a people pleaser. You find yourself, find yourself falling into the people pleaser category where, where you're, you're doing things and if somebody in your circle boss, coworker, family, mom, dad, whatever, brother, sister, somebody shows any sign of, of um, disapproval, you immediately kick into high gear and, and change your behavior, change something in order to keep other people happy. Do anything to keep everybody else happy. Here's a new one that I, I think you may relate to is, is the second one is the fisher, the person who's fishing for compliments. You know, the person who puts the picture on Instagram and like no makeup, no hair. Like they're fishing for the your beautiful comments. You know what I mean? Like it's gotten even more bold. I don't know if you've seen this on Instagram where like you can pre-program what the, you click a button for comments. Have you seen that? Like where you can post your picture up and like I'll see this where people post a picture and they'll be like, you know, whatever, messy hair, don't care. And then underneath of it is like, you can click a button and say, have it say beautiful, have it say whatever it might be. They preload the comment that they're actually trying to get that you can just click a button now and get it. The fishing game is like, it's next level, guys. It's next level. But we see it all over social media. Golly, I'll tell you what, I don't even put it on social media. On the drive home today, I promise you this, I will fish my wife for a compliment on how good my sermon was today. It happens week after week after week. It's a game we play. I get up, I do the thing, I say the words, we drive home, and I'm like, I'm not sure if that really connected. Oh, babe, you're so good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, that worked out okay. Right? That's going to happen. Honey, do these jeans make my butt look fat? Danger, man, danger. You're in an area. She is fishing. She wants you to compliment her in a good way. Tell her what she needs to hear. <clears throat> the fishers are there, though, because you know why the fishing happens? Because they're feeling insecure about that moment. They're feeling the, their, their confidence is shaken. And so they're fishing for the compliment to boost the confidence. How about this? You ever met this guy, the one-upper guy? Oh, you can't be, you just can't win. It's like, yeah, my wife and I went out of town this weekend, had a nice little cottage up in the mountains. It was just a really great getaway. Oh, that sounds pretty nice. Reminds me of the time when uh, I took my wife to the private island we own in the Bahamas. Just incredible, really. We stayed there for all, just a whole month. We decided to go for a few days, but God, once we got there, we we're like, we're just going to stay for a month, you know? And <laughs> you're like, oh, gosh. You know, the one-uppers that are always one up in your story a little bit. Right? The guys who are, or gals who, are, who just want to push it a little bit more and a little bit more. Why? Because their confidence is shaken, and they're trying to build it with self-confidence. People pleasers are trying to do self-confidence. The fishers are trying to get some self-confidence. The one-uppers are trying to get some self-confidence. You see, this is important, what our confidence is based on and if our confidence is strong or not. Because it doesn't just feel bad if we have a shaken confidence. It robs us. It robs us of opportunity 
the dreams that God puts in your heart, it robs you of the confidence to take the steps on what he's put inside of you. See, God has just deposited something into each and every one of you. He's, he's given you a purpose in this life to help do something in this world for him. And, and if the enemy can rob your confidence, then you won't take steps on it. Those dreams that, that God has given you, you won't take a step on it because you're going to tell yourself, I just always screw things up. I always fail. I'm not even going to do it. I'm not going to apply for that job. I'm not going to go back to college. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to work out because I feel stupid at the gym. Because whenever I go, I look at the weights and I'm not sure which one to pick up. And I look over and there's some dude who's like super jacked. But he's like, he's like I want to just warm up with some dumbbells. And he grabs like 60 pounders and he's doing bicep curls. And I'm over there with the 15s, you know. And I'm looking at him and me and I'm like, oh, I feel like an idiot. I'm just going to go home. You know, like, like it's, <laughs> we compare ourselves. We find ourselves in these weird situations where our confidence is. Listen, I want to challenge you to say today this. I don't think you need more self-confidence. I think you need some God-confidence. Because when you have some God confidence in your life, it doesn't matter what the world is happening around us. It ha- what matters is that you now have a purpose and a confidence that comes from the Almighty God. So church, I want to tell you today's a day where I think we need to, if you're not already, let's start building and cultivating some God confidence inside of our life. Because that's something that we need to have in order to be the light and the darkness of, of the world that we're currently living in. In the topsy-turvy, who's our president, who's not our president, you know, dangling chads. Well, that was 2000, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever. It's happened before. It's happening now. It'll happen again. Someone's going to sue somebody over, I'm the president, you know? And so we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. The system works. But here's what I know is that, is that we are answering to God and we need a God confidence because if your confidence and self-confidence is founded in what you see around you in the world, That world is tossed and turned. It is upside down and inside out. And the waves are coming and the waves are going. I want to encourage you, find confidence in who God says that you are. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, it says, If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. It's it's almost like if you think you're, like if you're finding yourself relying on self-confidence, it's useless. Self-confidence, it, it, it can knock you, you can knock down quickly. You've got to cultivate a God confidence. Well, why not self-confidence, right? Like, like the world says, just, you know, be yourself and be self-confident. Why not? Well, number one is this, is your heart is deceitful. Just follow your heart. Dude, that's the worst advice ever. <laughs> if I could just be honest, because my heart has like wanted things that, that I just like emotionally and like just deep in my soul, like, like the new 2020 Corvettes are a beautiful piece of machinery. And I look at, and my heart really says I should go buy that. You know, I should find a way, right? Yeah, my, my heart, oh man, that's a nice looking car. No, that's a dumb idea. You know, like, like I can't afford one of those. What are you talking about? Your heart will lead you astray. If you're single, you're going to see other people, and your heart will lead you to a place, if you don't be, aren't careful, that, that your heart will lead you to a place where you say things and do things with somebody in a dating relationship that, that will lead to a place where, oh, man, I shouldn't have said and done that. You have regrets because your heart leads you to places that are unhealthy. Even if you're married, your heart can lead you to places that are 
unhealthy. It's easy to have conversations with other guys or gals. And and, and on the workplace, you can be in a place where you have wives together complaining about husbands. You have husbands together complaining about wives. And it might feel good in the moment to complain about your spouse. But I'm telling you that it's sowing seeds that you don't want to harvest into your marriage. Your heart is deceitful. It will lead you to places that you don't need to be that is is really wrong. Your self-confidence, that's why you can't have, your confidence can't be based on your own self because your own heart is deceitful. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? You see bad people doing bad things. You're like, wow, how could somebody ever do that? Well, because our hearts have the ability to lead us to really dark places. You know why else you shouldn't have self-confidence? Because my flesh is weak. Right? My flesh is weak. My spirit might be willing, but my flesh is is weak. When the disciples were hanging out with Jesus the, day before, the night before he gets crucified, and, and he, 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 Matthew chapter 26, 41, you know, Jesus had returned to the disciples and he would found them all to sleep, to sleep. And he said, come on, you guys can't even like hang out with him and pray for one hour. Keep watch and pray so that you will not be given into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We can have the best intentions, but, but, but sometimes our flesh is weak and it lets us down. I want to be in the best shape of my life, but man, those candy bars look really good. You know, like, like I have the best intentions. I'm going to eat keto. That's what I'm going to do. You know, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's not going to work because my flesh is weak. Number three, my, my behavior is inconsistent. That's why you can't rely on yourself. Your behavior is inconsistent. In fact, in Romans 7.15, Paul writes this, I don't really understand myself. Can I get an amen? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> For what I, what I want to do is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. He goes on to talk in this passage saying, like, like I know I should do this, but instead I do that. I know I shouldn't do that, but instead I do this. It's, you, you find yourself wanting to do one thing, but you find yourself doing something else. So, so why not be self-confident? Because your heart's deceitful. My, my flesh is weak and, and my, my behavior is inconsistent. I find myself all over the place. So where do we find confidence? We find confidence in God. He is unshakable. He is unmovable. He is the rock that we can anchor our souls to. There's nothing else out there that is as stable as the almighty God. And his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, he made a way for us to have direct access to the Almighty God. Amen. And that's where we find our, our, our stability. That's where we find our, our confidence. In fact, in Psalms 57, it says, My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. You know, when we are facing tough times, we have to kind of make a decision sometimes. You have to think about what you're thinking about and make an internal decision that I'm going to choose to trust God. And easy right now, oh yeah, the easy hang, low-hanging fruit is, oh, there's an election, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but, but what about the other stuff? Because just because there's some coronavirus in an election doesn't mean everything else in life isn't happening. Right? 
There's people who are, who are, who are brokenhearted over situations, loss of family members or loved ones. There, there's, there's people who have lost jobs, who have maybe gained jobs, who have strife in their family, people who have, who have all kinds of things going on in life. And so I want to talk to you this morning in that sense of like, guys, it doesn't matter what you have going in life, you can find confidence in God, even, even when the world around you is a storm. Because this storm we're in is going to pass, but there's another one. The storms of life are unrelenting. They'll continue to go. In fact, following Jesus was never a promise that we wouldn't face storms. And in fact, if anything, I think in the Bible, it says that as a believer, you might face more storms in your life. The good news is that Jesus says, I won't leave you or forsake you. And that the storms that are in your life, he's not going to abandon you. So you're going to face the same storms, but now you have a rock. You have an anchor. You have something to tie yourself to in the midst of your storm that your confidence isn't shaken. Not because your confidence is founded in yourself or what's around, but your confidence is rooted and grounded on who God says that you are. Amen? And so we have the storms that are going. So here we go. Three things. I got three things this morning that are, that are going to build your God confidence. How do you build your God confidence? Number one, my God is always for me. My God is always for me. See, sometimes we can think that God is out to get us. Oh, he's this angry God up in the sky with a lightning bolt in his hand watching for you to make a misstep. And he's like, just, just do it, son. Just do it. You got it? Oh, misstep. Boom. Like, he's not up there doing that. In fact, if anything, he's quite the opposite of doing that. Now, as a father, if you are a parent, you understand this. If you are not a parent, you can somewhat understand this. But you, there's a deep, deep thing inside of every parent that they want their kids to succeed. I want my children to succeed. I don't look and wait for them. I'm not waiting in the shadows for them to make a mistake and then to come down and punish them hard. That, that's not my heart. My heart and my intention is for them to be able to succeed and thrive in life. God is the same way. His heart for you, his father's heart for you is even better than your own father's heart could ever be for you. Because we all face imperfect earthly fathers I am nearly perfect, right kids, but not quite perfect. But even our heavenly father is better than me towards my own kids. Listen, he is always for you. And that's something you might need to tell yourself in the morning. You might need to write this on a sticky note and put it on your mirror. And every time you get up, you're able to look at this and say, yeah, my God is always for me. Because I'm a parent and I always want the best for my kids, even when they're difficult. I know it's hard to imagine that my sweet children would ever be difficult. There's one time, one time it happened. I don't want to catch them and punish them. I want to bless them. And God's in the same way he wants to bless you. I honestly want to say being centered in your identity in Christ is probably one of the most powerful evangelistic tools that you can have. Because when the world is up and down and in and out, being centered on who God has said that you are and having your confidence based on who God has said that you are, all of a sudden you become someone who's stable in the midst of a storm. People will be like, who are you? Why is this not shaking you? Why aren't you up and down? Like all my other friends are posting crazy stuff on Facebook. How come you're not posting crazy stuff on Facebook? Right? Like, like, oh man, all my other friends are talking crazy town on every conversation. You know, and, and, and it's like, well, you're not. Why, why aren't you bothered by this? And, they, and you're able to say, because I'm not rooted and grounded in this world, in this system. 
I'm rooted and grounded in God. And my identity isn't found in what this all says. My identity is found in what God's word says about who I am. I mean, if God is for us, then who could be against us, right? That's what it says in Romans 8. If God is for us, then who could be against us? Here's the thing. This is the paradigm shift that I hope you grab from this. We're not chasing the approval of God. Right? We're not chasing the approval of God. We actually live our lives from the overflow of the approval of God. Maybe I could summarize it this way. We're not chasing for the approval of God. We're operating from the approval of God. So when you are like, I don't want to make this sinful step and like, then God's going to throw lightning bolts down on me. We're not trying to perform to be, so this is where the people pleasers come in, right? Because like, well, I'm just going to do the right thing so that God will approve of me and make God happy. God's already happy. He's happy regardless of what happens in life. He's already happy and he already loves you and cares for you. He already approves you. And he's sitting there and, he, and it's from his acceptance and his approval and his blessing and his identity that he's already put on your life that we now have the freedom to now walk in the God-given confidence that he's already just bestowed upon us, right? Like it, it's a paradigm shift. It's, it's a very subtle thing. We're not doing it for his approval. We're doing it because we already have his approval. If you're hoping to climb out of a mountain of debt, God is for you. <laughs> You're trying to reconcile a relationship. God is for you. Maybe you're trying to start a new business. God is for you. Maybe you're praying for a miracle. God is for you. In Hebrews 10, it says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord and remember the great reward it brings for you. If you don't get anything else today, I want you to get this, that my God is always for me. My God is always for me. Um, number two, my God always helps me. My God always helps me. Hebrews 13, it says, I'll never leave you. I won't forsake you. So we can say with confidence that the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. And, and if we have a God who is always for us and he's always wants to help. So where do you feel insecure? What areas do you need help? Sometimes you just need some daddy strength in your life. You know, like I've, I've got a project when I get home. I have to apply some daddy skills and daddy strength for, for each of my daughters. They have a project at home that I've got to do. There's a, sem, a little bit of furniture that needs to be assembled, right? Take some daddy skills. That's right. My dad's at. Yeah, that's right. And I got power tools. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I've got my other one needs holes drilled in something, like a drill with a thing, right? And like sometimes they need, my kids need a little bit of help with some stuff. They're pretty self-sufficient. But, but sometimes they need some help with some stuff and they need some daddy skills and some daddy strength. Listen, we have a God that has some daddy skills and daddy strength who wants to help. He, he wants to help. He wants to be involved. He doesn't want to be some distant God out in the distant. No, 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 no. He's a very personal and intimate, a one-on-one -on -one relationship kind of God. And sometimes we need the daddy skills and the daddy strength. And he's there. Checked in Psalms 46, it says, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. I'm going to wrap up if the keyboardist would come. So my God is for me. Can you say that? My God is for me. My God always helps me. And my third point today is this, is my God is still working in me.
So I'm not perfect. I know. I know. My wife laughs. I'm not perfect. I'm far from. But he's still working in me, right? The other day we were showing off, we have this app that we put on all, all of our kids' phones and my phone. And, and we were here at the church and, and um, Amber had driven from the house to the church. And then I just a few minutes later drove from the house to the church. And we were showing another person in the church, hey, this app, it helps us track kids and track each other. It's, it's just a handy app to bring accountability to everybody in the family, you know what we're doing. And, but the, 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 the contrast showed up that my wife's average speed and time of travel from the house to the church was a lower speed and a higher time. My speed was higher speed and a shorter time to get to church. Well, why would that be? Now, I can make the argument that I hit every green light on the way home or on the way down here and, and gee, the flow of traffic and, and golly, it's safer to drive with traffic than, you know, on and on and on. But the honest truth is it says the average speed was like 52 miles an hour. And at no point on any of the roads that I travel was the speed limit even 50 miles an hour. <laughs> Matt, you're a sinner. You're speeding. Reckless driver. How could God use somebody like me because I am a mess? Your mess might not be speeding. Your mess might look like something a little bit bigger could be a failed marriage. It could be messed up relationships in your family. It could be that you've financially, you've filed bankruptcy and you've, you've, you've gone through some things where you say, how could God use me? How could God use me for my own mistakes and my own thing? Because when we look at ourselves and we judge ourselves by what we see, we say, my confidence is shaken because my identity and my struggle and my everything that I have is, is here. Listen, I wanna tell you that you're in good company if you've had some failure in your life. Moses, who set the Israelites free, murdered a man. David, who was, who was uh, the king, who, uh, who he, he cheated on his wife and got, I don't know, it's a complicated thing. It's like a Maury Povich show, who's the dad. And, and it was a hot mess, but he was labeled as a man after God's own heart. Listen, if you've fallen into a problem and you've had failure in your life, God still wants to use you. He still wants to be with you. He still wants to help you. He still loves you. He always, right, my God is always for me. My God always helps me. And my God is still working in me. I might not be where I need to be. I can see where I'm falling short, but I can tell you this, I'm not where I used to be. Because I serve a God that has taken me step by step by step. And he is not done with you. He is not finished with you. You may have taken 10 steps forward and maybe just recently you took two steps back, but you're my God always for me. My God always is going to help me. And my God is not done with me. He is not done with you. You are on a journey. He is for you. He is not against you. Your confidence can't be anchored in the things of this world. Your confidence needs to be grounded in who God says you are. Philippians, being confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ's return. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. You, you may have screwed something up, but he's not done with you. You may have failed someplace, but you're not a failure. You may have screwed up something, but you're not a screw up. Because God is for you, he's not against you, and he's not done with you. He's moving you forward. He's taking you a step at a time. 
you might wrestle with certain doubts or spiritual doubts. Maybe you've had this nagging or, or habit that you just can't seem to shake. God's still working on you. He hasn't quit. He's not giving up. As long as you're here, he's not done with you. Up until the day of Christ's return. So if Jesus hasn't come back and you're still on this earth, he's still working on you. He's still with you. He's still for you. He's not against you. I'm not good enough, you might say. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not good enough to preach. I'm not good enough to be a pastor. And I'm so grateful that I'm not striving in self-confidence because my own personal qualifications don't put me in this place. Only by the grace of God can I stand here today. Can I be honest? Almost every pastor out there would say the same thing. It's scandalous that any one of us have the ability to speak up for Christ based on our history. (laughs) Grace is scandalous. And it's so, so good, isn't it? It's so good. I'm confident the God who began a good work will finish that work. I'm an overcomer. Through him, I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me and that no weapon formed against me will prosper. God is for me. God helps me. And God is still working in me. Will you bow your heads? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much that you are unrelenting. God, that, that you, are, you are the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. And there is nothing, and I say nothing, that can separate us from your love. God, we are so grateful for all that, that you have done for us, sending your son to earth to die on the cross, to pay the price so that we might have an access to be able to be directly connected to you. God, that your Holy Spirit might dwell inside of us. God, we're thankful that you're for us, not against us. God, we thank you that you want to help us. And God, we're just so grateful that you're not done with us. God, help us as the church to be able to stand and walk in a God-given confidence, not be shaken by the world around us, that we might be able to be someone who is salt and light, even in this dark world sometimes. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, you might be here this morning or maybe you're watching online. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never made him the Lord and the savior of your life. It's an easy process. It's an easy step, to be honest. It, it, it's, it sounds easy. It can be a little difficult, but it's actually three things. It's A, B, C. A is you just admit it. Yep, I admit that I need a savior. B is that you believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins so that you can be in right relationship with him. But you can't just admit that you need it and believe that Jesus did it. You have to see, confess, and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Today might be that day for you where you need to make that step. Um, You can just say a simple prayer right where you're at. Dear Jesus, I admit it, I believe, and I confess. Help me to live for you all my days. Listen, if you're making that decision and you are want to make that change in your life. It's a new day. It's a start, not a finish line. It's a start on a new walk and a journey with the Lord. If you're making that decision, I want to know. I want to give you some resources. I want to encourage you along the way. Will you just send a text message into the office just saying, I'm, I'm making a decision today that, I, that, that I'm saying, and I'm deciding today that I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life, and I'm going, to, I'm going to start this new journey. I want to send you some encouragement, a little bit of resources just to kind of 
help you get started in this new direction. So church, it's been a wonderful day. I uh, love that we get to gather and today. I know that COVID situation in our city and our state's a little bit uh, unusual and it's an up and a down and a moving target. I appreciate you guys taking the time to wear masks and be socially distant and, and to be able to take care of these things and, and, and help us to continue to have church um, even when the, it is a little bit different. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and I can't wait to see you next time.